The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Friends. for joining us. This is episode 160 of The Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This one is for the week beginning 2 April 2012 and my name is Edwin Herman. I'm joined by our regular panellist, also here in Wellington, New Zealand, Brett King. Welcome along, Brett. How do Look, you know, it's uh, it's been a bit of a funny week this week in the world. The week just been... There's a few stories, but there's a uh, I think, I'll tell you what, let's just have a look ahead at what we've got because it's a bit of a mixed bag. That's the word I was trying to f- look for before when I was almost stumbling for words there. It's a mixed bag. Which is two words, actually. <laughs> Which is two words. Yeah, you're right. All right. That's the two words I was looking for. Just looking at the stories ahead, Amazon CEO and founder finds the Apollo 11 rocket engines. Any plans to go and get them? Facebook asserts trademark on a word. And the world's largest ever paper airplane takes flight. All this just around the corner. Kicking off, though, with Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon. He claims that he's found the Apollo 11 rocket engines on the sea floor. Brett, what do you think? He's going to go and get them too. Really? Yeah, that's what he plans to do. He's, he's going to go and get the bits of the, 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 the rocket that pushed the Apollo 11 into, towards the moon. That's right. Was Apollo 11 the one that actually, that was the, the Armstrong one, wasn't it? The famous, famous one. Well, I don't know. Aren't they all famous? Well, the, oh, the Armstrong well, no. is a Neil Armstrong, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, there's you. like, there's <laughs> yeah. the, the really famous one, because it's the one where they actually landed on the moon for the first time. Oh, was that not this one? Well, was it? I think this might be. Apollo 11 sounds right. I, I think it is. I think Apollo 11 was the one. Maybe you should Google it. Because Apollo 13 is the one that everybody remembers, because it's the one that didn't make it. And almost didn't make it back. Right. Uh, no, Apollo 11 was the one that went to the moon, manned flight to the moon. Awesome. Now, now Apollo 13 uh, was the seventh manned mission. And, uh, it's the one that didn't make it to the moon. That's right. Made it around the moon, which was very good, and made it back safely, which was a incredible achievement and a really good movie. Do you actually think they went to the moon? Do you have any doubts in your mind? I have no doubts in my mind that they went to the moon. That's interesting. I've seen the episode of Mythbusters where they disprove all of the the um, skeptics. That doesn't prove that they went. Well, it, it proves that the things that they did on the moon that we have footage of and records of couldn't have been done on Earth unless you had CGI, which they didn't back then. See, I'm. I think I'm leaning towards that they did go, but like a lot of people out there, there's a little bit of doubt. Well, yeah, yeah, there are people out there who, who I mean, have I, doubt. I guess I, I haven't looked at all the evidence, and, and it may well be that I, if, when I do would, look at all the evidence, I might decide that yes, think the they Earth went. Is flat as What's well. That? No, that's there a, are you, still flat Earthers out there. There's the flat Earth Society, but they don't really believe that. That's just a big joke. Oh, no. 
I'm sure you will find people out there who still think the Earth is flat. Who refuse to believe that it's circular. <laughs> this whole flying around isn't really flying around. It's flying along. Exactly. Okay. Well, anyway, let's let's go back and talk about what what the story is about. It isn't about the Apollo mission itself so much. Uh, although it's about the refuse it, of the Apollo mission. Yes, exactly. So, of course, these uh, this is when they used to go up in, in the staged bits. You yeah. Know. What was the one that pushed the? It was. It was a Saturn, wasn't it? The the biggest Saturn Five. The biggest rocket ever built. Yes, correct. Then that this is it. Uh, well, I mean, these, this is from from that. So has he found what part of it? Has he found? Because, you know, it's, it's, as you said, it's a multi-stage rocket. There are many, many stages, and they will be littered all over the place. Which stage has he found? Are, an interesting stage or just one of the boring rings between stages? Well, according to what I've read, they've found the Apollo, Apollo 11 engines four kilometers below so, the surface of the Ah, uh, I see. He's found the, the first stage engines. Yes, the first stage, yep, which, which fell back into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, and and he's found them. He's obviously not telling us exactly where they are. Oh, of course, because otherwise somebody else might go get them first. That is right. So he's he's planning to go and get them, and it's going to be no no mean feat though, because you got to remember this is forty years ago. That's forty years of sea sediments over this thing. Yep, and so um, all sorts it will of barnacles be quite and whatnot. Well stuck at the bottom there. Yes, that's right. So it'll be a big feat just to get the things out. You know, get get them up well, to the surface. A lot easier than bringing up the Titanic. Well, yes, I guess it would be. Yeah. So isn't that kind of cool? The, I mean, he. It is kind of cool. It's a very historic item. It is. It is. And it's it, like you know, because the the what isn't it? Isn't the Apollo Eleven capsule in the Smithsonian? I don't know. It could be. It's like the the return capsule. They kept it, and it's in the Smithsonian. Well, I think it's, <laughs> at least they've got one of the Apollo mission capsules in the Smithsonian. Well, uh, yeah, it could, it could well be. I, I know that Jeff Bezos is planning to to do something similar with this. He's it's going to be on display. So, well, of course. What else do you do with them? <laughs> well, indeed, you'd, you'd have to be a real kind of scuzzy sort of person to go and pick up this piece of history and then decide to keep it yourself and never show anybody. You could melt it down for the for the steel value, but. Oh, he could. He could have a new car made out of <laughs> the the, yes. the first stage engine of the Apollo Eleven and drive around in it, and you know, and you know what, it, it, it would probably be worth more than what the metal was worth. Oh yeah, you know, because once you created this car and you're able to say this car is made out of the engines of, yeah, that would be that would give it some value, a lot of value. Yeah, <laughs> after forty years at the bottom of an ocean, I, I doubt you will actually get much. Usable metal back from it. What are you downloading, you? Brett? You're, you're sounding very choppy there. Uh, nothing. Our, our listeners are going to have Lots to put up with you sounding like a there. like a robot. But that's okay. We'll, we'll, we can, we oh, can deal with could, that. It'll just mean that they will have finally discovered that you actually do this podcast with yourself. and uh, <laughs> You do. You sound like one of those synthetic voices. That's exactly, exactly and, what and you sound And a bunch of text-to-speech like. things, reading responses that you've typed in. It's like oh, you, you come up with a story title, and then as you're, ty- you're story titling, you type it into the little text-to-speech, and then it comes out. Good idea. I should do that, actually. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the Facebook story. Now, Facebook is trying to expand its trademark rights over the word book by adding the claim to a newly revised version of its Statement of Rights and Responsibilities. Brad, this story is for you, because I know it's going to get you riled up. 
Indeed, indeed. Slipping in ridiculous claims into their statement of rights and responsibilities, which is the agreement that everybody who uses Facebook implicitly agrees to by using Facebook, regardless of whether or not you read it or if it's even legal in your country. Yeah, they've added a whole heap of new words that they reckon only they are allowed to use. And one of them is a word that has been around for, oh, thousands of years longer than Facebook. And that's what rolls you up, doesn't it? That's what's getting, it's the word word book. How can they, how can they trademark the word book? Exactly. They can't have any claim on the word book. Book has prior art. Book has significant prior art. There is no way they can use Book. Heck, book has been used on the internet before Facebook existed. We have ebooks. Are they going to try and claim the book part of ebooks, which is an electronic representation of a book? Whereas Facebook isn't even a freaking book or a representation of a book. It's a name that is even itself from prior art because Facebooks are what the yearbooks from one of the Freaking universities that <laughs> what's his face yes, Zuckerberg went yes, to exactly their yearbooks are called Facebook so he even ripped that name off yeah. no 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 and only in a court where the judges have been paid a lot of money would this sort of bollocks get by. <laughs> I'll come back in half an hour when you finish, right? <laughs> no, and look, there you, you is know, my I, rant <laughs> on ridiculous trademarking of ridiculous words. Brett, I will read you a little section in the... I am so it, going to trademark the. <laughs> the. That means we can't use it for the boys of tech or will oh, you, you let just us... have to pay me a license for you. Oh, okay, I'll do that. We All right. Arrangements. Okay, well, we'll do that. Brett, let me just read you a very quick section from the Statement of Rights and Responsibilities. It says, Section 6 or Section 5.6 rather, says, You will not use our copyrights or trademarks, including Facebook, the Facebook and F logos, FB, Face, Poke, Book, and Wall, or any confusingly similar marks except as expressly permitted by brand usage guidelines or with our prior written permission. Wow. Well, imagine if you do a status update. I just read this awesome book. What are they going to do? Mm. Admittedly, you know, I, I do think that what where they're coming from is they, they don't want you to use it in a way, in a context that is along the lines of Facebook. That's really where they're coming from. They're not stupid. They're not, uh, they might be sort of, uh, what do you call it? They might be pushing the, pushing the envelope, but they're not stupid. They don't not want you to use the word book to mean the piece of paper, you know, bound copy thing that you read. Mm. But uh, even so, to try and stop using the word book in relation to a social network or a, a collection of people's contact details, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. It's still ridiculous. I know. I, I knew, I knew Brett, yeah, I, the only reason I put the story in here is because I knew you'd have a great rant. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, you slipped it in there to rile me up. I did, I did, and it's worked. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, you know, Brett, I, I do agree totally with you. It's it's stupid, and I think a lot of people agree with us that, that it's just a bit silly, it, you know, pushing the envelope a little far. Yeah. <laughs> so how about we leave Facebook and go to something something cool, something new, and it's the uh, what I introduced earlier, the largest ever 
paper plane. When can we book a flight? <laughs> you could just about ride on this thing, couldn't you? It's you. Oh, you could fit quite a few people on it. I've seen a picture. Yes, it's it's pretty big. <laughs> it's huge. It's got a 24-foot wingspan, which I'm going to have to translate for the international people, including myself. So let me quickly do that. 24 feet is 7 meters. Wow. Okay, so 7-meter wingspan. Wow, 24 foot sounds way more impressive. <laughs> That's probably why they wrote that, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, no, it'll be American. And, yeah, and in no, America, they still use the... The Imperial. Imperial. <laughs> One of three countries in the world, by the way, mm. to use the Imperial system. 400 pounds, again, I'll translate that into, into metric. 800 pounds. Oh, sorry, eight, yeah, sorry, 800 pounds. I'll translate that into metric. About 20 kilograms? No, it'll be about four, close to a 360. 360 kilograms. Yeah, 360 okay. kg. Whoa. Now, that, what's interesting that's pretty is... pretty heavy. I can't it, lift that. I can't lift that either. So um, it would require at least the two of us to, to hold, you know, heft this thing up and give it a hiff. Oh, yeah. yeah. And watch no, it then absolutely. smack into the ground directly in front of us. Yes. Now, the way this was launched was uh, via helicopter. Now, what's interesting though, Brett, is the designer of this plane is a 12-year-old, Arturo Valdenegro. He's a 12-year-old <laughs> Tucson resident. It was part of a competition, and he, he designed this. He didn't build it, right? But he, he designed it, okay. and it was actually built by Art Thompson, who uh, is one of the designers of the B-2 stealth bomber. So man actually cut out of cardboard, not paper. But paper well, is, yeah, cardboard yeah. is paper. Something that big out of paper would it'd fold under its own weight. Yeah, I know, I know. You would need something with a little more, what is that, stiffness. Yes. Now, it's called a desert I'm sure e- there's a more scientific word for it. <laughs> and <laughs> Rigid- I, I'm sure I know that word, rigidity. but right now it does not come to mind. Yeah, rigid. there's the Rigidity. One. There's the word for the, there's the title for this week's episode, rigidity. <laughs> By the way, it's called the Desert Eagle. So if you, if you want to do a search for this, search for Arturo Desert Eagle paper plane. You'll see the video of the launch. It's, it's really quite impressive. It does, of course, what most paper planes do, and that is that glides for a bit and then eventually goes <laughs> straight. Goes face down first. and swoosh into the ground. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of impressive. The fact that a 12-year-old designed this, uh, mm. and it flew, you know, it did fly, it did, it did well, glide, they don't fly, they glide. Now, the young designer there is keen to get into engineering. Ah. Good on him too. Yeah. We need more engineers. Actually, we need, need more people who follow their dreams. It's how you get innovation. Yes, when people are passionate about something. Precisely. Not trademarking ridiculous words <laughs> to protect your... But that might be someone's dream, Brett. Oh, indeed, like mine. I, I wish to trademark the. Well, good luck with that because I don't think it's going to work, and you know it too. Now, I'd also ha- like to ha- corner the market on air. What about um? Ooh, that's a um, good one. That's a good one. Yeah, good idea. I like what you're thinking. It's outside the box. <laughs> oh no! Oh, Brett, don't get these ideas. Look, let's talk about Harry Potter because there has been what has been described as a Beatles moment. All seven Harry Potter books are now available as eBooks. From J.K. Rowling's website, Pottermore. Ah. Yeah. Excellent. Now, here's the thing. The first three novels are £4.99 in ebook form. 
Mm-hmm. The print edition is £6.99, and the final four in ebook are six ninety nine, and the pulp version of those are eight ninety nine. And that's interesting how, because you do realise the, the first three novels are actually significantly smaller than the, the last four. No, I'm just... Oh, I'm are you just, talking about the, the fact that it's a two-pound difference between print and ebook? Well, yeah, just what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on the, the pricing structure there? Oh, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, then sure. that pricing structure in pounds is significantly better than the pricing structure that we get over here in New Zealand dollars, where you're looking at like 20-something bucks for the book. At least. <laughs> at least, at exactly. 20-something least. Yeah. <laughs> bucks for the book here. And so the e-book is going to be what? Five well, four, bucks cheaper? Four, so. Well, £4.99 is about what? $11, $12 now. Mm. Yeah. But then £6.99, is that really 25 bucks? <laughs> yeah see I don't know uh, yeah I, you know, I don't get how the, the whole international to... conversion and, and shipping and stuff I, I know it costs more to get stuff over here but it's just some of the times they, the, the amount more just seems kind of off so just go, go on the British prices there do you think the uh, I think they should be pretty good they shouldn't be going for less the ebooks why I'm just asking the question what do you think uh, I think the market will definitely be able to afford five pound it's five instead of seven, basically, yeah. So yeah. for the first books, anyway. Yeah, yeah. it's two pounds cheaper. Um, you could pay the two pounds more and get it in actual physical copy. Though, of course, most of the people who would get the e-books probably already have the physical copy as well. Yeah, it might be an addition, um, actually, wouldn't it? It might be an addition to the, you know, to the collection. You, yeah, I, I yeah. think a lot of people will be doing exactly what you've said. They've already yeah, got yeah, the physical they'll, ones. They'll, they'll, they'll have buy the physical ones, well. probably physical ones which they've bought with matching covers. Because, you, you know, if you're buying a collection of books, you hate it when you you yeah. miss out on the original, the, the edition that you've got of all the other ones, which have the same style covers. And then you end up with the odd one out with the filler book, which is of a different cover. Yes, that's very annoying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have that. <laughs> what series is that? No, for Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, for Harry Potter. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're going to have to try and book, find the... Which is of a, of, of a, a, well, it's the same cover, but they, for that edition, they printed it on a different stock. And so it's just slightly different. Oh, okay. But it's the same design, same kind yeah, of design. Yeah, same design as what the other one would be. It's just that it's... Well, that's not too bad. That, that's at least not as bad as a completely different design. Oh, precisely. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm pedantic like that. I, I like them all to match. <laughs> for some things. For other things, I don't care. It's weird. <laughs> well, we all have our quirks. You know, these, <laughs> I'm actually considering getting these e-books. I, I really am. Yeah, have you got an e-book reader? Because you don't want to be, you know, reading it on, on, on a crappy sort of, you know. Well, actually, I, I don't have an computer. e-book reader, but I, 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 I could pick <laughs> Reading it on your computer, that's just a waste. Well, I suppose it is. That's what I would do, though. I'd, I'd, yeah, well, no, I'd get the computer. I'd do text-to-speech, so it'd turn it into an audio book. Ah, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. You could, but then why wouldn't you actually go out and just buy the audiobooks of the Harry book? Because they, they are narrated do, do they by them? Stephen Fry. Oh, are they? Yeah. No, that, that would, no, look, that would put me off. Because, why? I'll tell you why. It's because... It's right. No, well, Stephen Fry's great, but because if I know the... If I can recognize the voice of the narrator, it conjures up their image. It's, it's, it has to be an anonymous voice. 
No, no, I'd much rather have Stephen Fryer reading to me than even the greatest of the the natural text to speech voices. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I'd rather have a real person. Kind of off. No, of course, I'd rather have a real person than a text to speech engine. But what I'm saying is, I'd rather have a an anonymous reader, an anonymous, you know, someone whose voice you can't recognize. Okay, okay, that's just me. Don't get me wrong. I think Stephen Fry is great, but you know, it's it's just I I keep thinking Stephen Fry, Stephen Fry, all the way through the book, rather than uh, sort of become you know the voice has to kind of go to the background. You see, for me, and and you get absorbed in the in the action, and by by having Stephen Fry's voice, that that could help because because they'll just hate you reading books to them because it's always your voice. It'll always be in their heads. Steady reading. (laughs) Steady reading. Uh, how were you you must have been so mean to your parents when they were reading you stories when you were little no, and you're going different. no use a different voice don't use your voice use a different voice <laughs> look you know I do remember I do I do remember uh, in school in third form I don't know what that translates to in the international scene but it's a uh, sort of 13 year olds starting first year of high school and, and we in the in the English class we we had a teacher that would it was an American novel, and he'd put on this American accent as he read. It was really quite, quite weird. <laughs> so we can blame this guy for it. Yeah, let's do that. All right, Brett. Look, that, let's let's close the uh, international part of the show here. I do want to take a very short musical interlude because right after that, I want to talk about some daily deal sites. Actually, one in particular, because not all of them are necessarily reliable here in New Zealand. So find out more just after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Now, the I think we talked about a daily deal site a few episodes ago called Coupon. Yeah, and it's really, really bad launch. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, the bad launch it just failed. What happened? They they couldn't. Their servers crashed. They couldn't cope with the the demand. Their payment system didn't work properly. Oh, they, that's right. They yeah. couldn't refund stuff. It just yeah, it really <laughs> it just was, everything went. that could go wrong went wrong. Yeah. Well, they're back in the news again uh, this time, Brett. This week. Yeah, but not for good reasons. (laughs) No, again, not for no, exactly. This time they're actually being investigated by the Commerce Commission because what actually there's a number of things that have happened. The original story that we covered a few weeks ago was uh, I think they were selling Z Energy petrol vouchers at half price. Now this time round they're offering petrol vouchers, hundred dollar vouchers for seventy five dollars each, and initially it says that only ten people need to you know buy the voucher for the deal to go live. Mm-hmm. But as soon and one guy actually the first guy I think uh, actually bought all ten at once, but then it quickly changed to twenty people had to buy it to become valid. But they still started taking money from people even though the deal wasn't officially on. And then people tried getting refunds, and that's where they got stuck. Mm. So they haven't got their vouchers. They haven't got a refund yet. Well, that's the isn't the point of this thing is that you don't actually get charged until it gets triggered. Well, that seems to be the convention amongst daily deal sites, yeah. And this one here isn't doing that. It's still taking no, your no, money. It's, it's taking your money straight away. Yeah, even though the deal says it's no deal. Yeah, which is a ridiculous way to do it because then you have to, if it doesn't reach the, the the number, then you've got to refund all of those people, and that just costs you as the business time and money. So it seems a very odd way to do things. 
You know, there's also something else that smells because Coupon states that the deal is independent from Zed but was still supported by the company. But Zed Energy says a very different story and I quote, they say, Zed Energy says, we have nothing at all to do with this or other promotions and we do not support it. Mm. So, well, they're not, yeah, they're not saying that they don't agree with this particular type of use of their vouchers. They're just saying that they have no no endorsement claim whatsoever on this on this deal. I know, but the bit that smells is the fact that Cooper is saying yeah, that, that they are saying that they are supporting. So it, yeah. you know that to me, you know, I don't know. I'd, I'd mm. be very wary. The thing is, they're being invested by the Commerce Commission. Then the Commerce Commission is not releasing any more details other than saying. They're investigating this company. Indeed. Uh, but I, I, for them to actually take the step of investigating it, it must mean uh, something. Could, something is in, up. In or my somebody mind, has yeah. complained or lodged a you know a, a complaint that is taken seriously enough. Oh, definitely. No, there's, there's, something, uh, there's definitely something up with this. So just beware of uh, some of these. Uh, well, actually, most of them are really good. But I must admit, Coupon is not the only one in the news to be uh, – to have bad press, there's been a, a couple of other daily deal sites that that um, that people. I, I think I think it's mostly refunds. They they seem a little bit lax on the refunds. Yeah, yeah. If I can sort of generalise across these daily deal sites, mm. so sometimes I, I know a colleague of mine actually bought bought a product which didn't work as stated, and uh, he struggled to get a refund. I, I think he's still trying to get a refund, actually. Yeah, well, it's it's the murky water in the sort of the daily deal sites because the <laughs> yeah it's like going into a you know a, a bargain basement shop and expecting high class goods you, you don't really know what you're going to get that's right so you, you never know and, and the thing is I mean there are laws that protect consumers but it's one thing to have laws it's another to have them adhered to by the, by the companies not all of them do that mm. All right, Brett, that concludes the show, doesn't it? That was episode 160. Did you have a good time, Brett? It flew by. <laughs> it did fly by, uh, like the paper plane. Yeah. But it didn't crash and burn. No, like, like no. The paper plane. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, though. Next week, we will have a brand new website, a brand new brand, new podcast art and everything. Ooh. Yeah. So look out for it. As we said last week, it's going to be bright. You'll notice it. It'll be sunshine and lollipops. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, an element of that anyway. <laughs> so anyway, look out for that. Uh, that is episode 160. Thank you very much, Brett, for co-hosting the show with me. Always a pleasure, Ed. Cool, and we'll do it again next week? Yeah, of course. Good one. Excellent. All right, goodbye, everyone. See you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. They don't fly, they glide. It, it glid. Is it glid or glided? It, it glided. Glided. <laughs> I like glid. Glid. It glid. Glided. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>